0: This is Scripture on Creation with Dr. Ben Scripture. With a Master of Divinity, a Ph.D. in Biochemistry, and over 30 years of experience studying and teaching about creation, he is well-equipped to discuss biblical and scientific perspectives on creation, science, and intelligent design. This and past programs are also available as a free podcast so you can listen anytime. And now, here is Scripture on Creation. Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Dr. Scripture people have been anticipating Christmas for many weeks. (laughs) But now Christmas Day is upon us. So first, let me say to you and all our listeners,
1: Merry Christmas. Well, thank you, Scott. And I echo those sentiments to you and all. And I'm glad Christmas Day is finally just a matter of hours away. Mm. I must admit, to me, November feels Like the longest (laughs) month of the year. Because in our culture, here in the USA at least, the commercial buildup to Christmas Day seems to start right after Halloween. And then when December arrives... Christmas is still over three weeks away. So, Scott, let me ask you, when did you start hearing Christmas music being played this year? You know, I think
0: you called it. I mean, it was the day (laughs) after Halloween, November 1st, at the latest. Yeah, right. I've been hearing
1: it for over three weeks. And please don't understand me. I enjoy the hymns and carols, but at times, they can get a bit repetitive. (laughs) That's true. And are you saying it's possible to have too much of a good thing? That's an excellent way to describe it. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if anyone else out there feels the same way. But having said that, there are certain songs I truly love that we only seem to sing during the Christmas season, and I would like to sing them at other times of the year as well. Scott, is there a traditional Christmas song you wish was sung more often than just at Christmas?
0: Well, specifically in church, I would like to hear Joy to the World year-round, because that's actually about Christ's second coming.
1: Yeah, indeed. I don't know why we sing it so much at Christmas, except the angels are singing joy. So how about you, Dr. Scripture? Well, yes, there is one in particular that was written with Christmas in mind. But I find it so meaningful, I would sing it on any given Sunday. Its title is A Communion Hymn for Christmas. Now, the mindset of the hymn is the birth of Jesus, as one prepares to take the elements of communion. So, it's not just a Christmas song. It's a beautiful, and I find it to be a profound way to expand the worshiper's appreciation for the person of the Lord Jesus.
0: I am not familiar with that hymn. Now, what was the title? Uh, communion Hymn for Christmas? yes. Well, I'd really like to hear it.
1: Well, I'd really like to share it, Scott, Hmm. with you and everyone listening. I wish I could include the music. It is a moving melody. But if I tried singing it, I'm afraid it would greatly detract from the words. So I'll just read the lovely lyrics. It was written not that long ago, 1986, by Margaret Clarkson. And the copyright belongs to Word Music. And rather than me reading it all by myself, Scott, I'll ask you to read the second and fourth stanzas. All right. A communion hymn for Christmas. Gathered round your table on this holy eve, Viewing Bethlehem's stable, We rejoice and grieve. Joy to see you lying in your manger bed. Weep to see you dying in our sinful stead. Prince of Glory
0: Gracing, Heaven, ere time began, now for us embracing death as son of man. By your birth so lowly, by your love so true,
1: by your cross, most holy, Lord, we worship you. Bethlehem's incarnation, Calvary's bitter cross, wrought for us salvation by your pain and loss. Now we fall before you in this holy place, prostrate, we adore you for your gift of
0: grace. With profoundest wonder we your body take. Laid in manger yonder, broken for our sake. Hushed in adoration, we approach
1: the cup. Bethlehem's pure oblation freely offered up. Christmas, babe, so tender. Lamb who bore our blame. How shall sinners render? Praises do your name. Do your own good pleasure in the lives we bring. In your ransomed treasure reign forever king. Now, I'm not going to say this is my favorite Christmas hymn. It's always difficult to pick a favorite, but I have to say, I can't think of one I like more. Mm. (laughs) What makes it so special to me is the seamless way it weaves the birth and death of Jesus together. I imagine coming to the manger and finding the bread and cup there. It's a beautiful, yet very sober image of the Christ child. Well, its title certainly is appropriate, A Communion Hymn for Christmas. Where can you find it? Well, it's actually one of the hymn books our church uses called the Celebration Hymnal, Songs and Hymns for Worship. I'm familiar with it. It's published by Word Music Integrity Music, and I've observed that it's a very popular hymnal. As I visit lots of churches in my ministry, I find many churches use the Celebration Hymnal. And another thing I've observed about the Celebration Hymnal is it has a very large section of Christmas hymns and carols, no less than 50.
0: Well, I think
1: that's another indication of how much people enjoy Christmas. (laughs) I think you're right, Scott. And that's just fine with me. But what especially appeals to me about a communion hymn for Christmas is the way it brings together two vitally important events in the life of the Son of God, which we tend to keep separate, Christmas and Easter. Yes, we do, don't we? I wonder if the fact
0: that we have distinct holidays to commemorate them contributes to our tendency to remember
1: them separately. that could be. But now, I also want to talk about a couple other Christmas hymns in our special Christmas program today. And they are songs that also at least touch on an event that is not generally associated with Christmas. Do you have any idea what I might be referring to? Well,
0: since our program, Scripture on Creation, always (laughs) touches on something to do with creation, and you haven't said anything about creation yet, I'm guessing you're going to consider some Christmas songs that also have something to do with
1: creation. (laughs) Right you are. (laughs) We thought about a song that connects Christmas and Calvary. And now, given the theme of our program, and in the spirit of Christmas, let's look at a couple of songs that connect Christmas and creation. Two important events in the experience of the Son of God, which we tend to keep separate. And so, for that reason, I appreciate songs that bring both ideas together. Okay, Scott, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but can you think of a Christmas song that includes something about creation? Well, I know there are at least a few,
0: but I can't remember one off the top of my head. (laughs) Well, since I already thought about it, I had
1: a big advantage. Okay. So, one hymn or carol... And what's the difference between a hymn and a carol anyway? (laughs) I should have researched that. Anyway, I'll call this song a carol. It's Angels from the Realms of Glory. Definitely a Christmas carol. (laughs) I'm glad we agree. It's certainly one of those Christmas carols that most people, I suppose I should say people who have sung or heard Christmas carols for many years, are familiar with. What's the first line, Scott? Everybody
0: knows it. (laughs) Angels from the realms of glory, wing your flight o'er all the earth. Ye who
1: sang creation's story, now proclaim Messiah's birth. And the refrain, come "Come and worship, worship. come and and worship, worship worship Christ the the newborn King." King. So right there in the first stanza, there's the mention of creation. It's speaking of the angels and says they sang creation's story. Now, what could that be referring to? I don't recall any mention of angels in the Genesis account of creation. Although, we must understand that they were created as part of God's creative
0: works. I'm pretty sure I know. You do? Yes, but it is not something recorded in Genesis. It's something recorded in Job. Indeed it is. Do you want to start it, Scott? Sure. It's what God said to Job in chapter 38, when he starts asking Job a series of very pointed and humbling questions. Mm -hmm. Job 38.4 says, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements, since you know? Or who stretched the line on it? On what were its bases
1: sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. What a glorious picture those verses paint of the beginning of the creation of the earth. God speaks of laying the foundation of the earth, surely its beginning. And who was watching? The morning stars, the sons of God,
0: terms describing angels in the Old Testament and, in particular, in Job.
1: There they were, angels singing, creation's story, so to speak. And in similar fashion, perhaps, They came from the realms of glory to proclaim the Messiah's birth. I wonder which amazed them more, watching the creation of the heavens and the earth or witnessing the birth of the incarnate Son of God. What incomprehensible miracles they observed. God creating the expanse of the universe and the intricacies of material life forms. And then thousands of years later, the Spirit of God somehow combining the pre-existent person of God's Son with the seed of the woman, that is Mary, which was prophesied at the fall way back in Genesis 3.15. Truly a mystery. And how can we even begin to imagine what went on in the mind of the Creator when, as Genesis 1, 3 records, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. We can only accept such a claim by faith. It is by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. And the rest of that verse from Hebrews 11:3 goes on to say, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. And in another Christmas carol, that truth concerning creation is repeated. In the first Noel, the stanzas chronologically recall the Christmas story, starting with the angel's announcement to the shepherds and then going through the coming of the wise men and their giving of gifts. Now, you know, it's interesting. Most of the stanzas of that song focus on the wise men which, of course, came and gave Jesus those gifts. And it wasn't at his birth. He was maybe close to two years old. But I still think it's, of course, appropriate to consider the wise men's story with the Christmas story.
0: Well, that isn't the only way they kind of conflate things in Uh that song because the very second verse, you know, we know the first verse, the second verse has the shepherds looking up and seeing the star.
1: Hmm, well, maybe the star was there at his birth. We don't know for certain. But anyway, the last stanza, then uh, moves on from the shepherds and the wise men and calls us all to bring our praise as did the angels and the wise men to the Lord. So let's read that verse, Scott. Then let us all with
0: one accord sing praises to our heavenly Lord that hath made
1: heaven and earth of naught and with his blood mankind hath bought. Here we see another Christmas song that does point to Calvary, speaking of that magnificent gift that the Lord Jesus gave to us, his blood to cover our sin. So, you know, a communion hymn for Christmas isn't the only Christmas song that sort of has in mind both Christmas and Calvary. I don't think I had noticed that before. But anyway, considering the idea of God making heaven and earth of naught, as the song says. What an unfathomable contrast to speak heaven and earth into existence out of nothing. He created the heavens and the earth with a word, and then he turns and limits himself in the form of a newborn baby, helpless, totally dependent on the care of his mother and the protection of his father when he comes to earth. And which father would that be? Both as it is with us. Surely, ultimately, it is our heavenly father, But in this earthly existence, from infancy to adolescence, we depend on the care and protection of our parents. And the Creator did just that. Then the refrain of the song says this, Noel, 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 born is the King of Israel. The baby in the cattle feeding trough who nursed in Mary's arms was in fact the King of Israel and so much more. That babe was the king of the whole earth, the king of the angelic host, the king of the universe, the king of glory. And so from both Scott and myself, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. And that's not something scripture says, that's what we say.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the program. If you would like to hear this or past episodes of the program, you can listen to them on our free podcast, Scripture on Creation. If you have comments or questions you'd like Dr. Scripture to answer, contact him by calling 574-551-1524
1: or by sending an email to scripture at scriptureoncreation.org.